Hey, what's up? It's your girl Vita. Thank you for tuning in to Heaven with Vita. Today I'm here with my co-host Miles. Hey Hello. everybody. And today we also have Donovan, aka Trill Imagery. Woo-woo. Yeah. Woo-woo. How y'all doing today? <laughs> Donovan is Vita's professional photographer, and he is a man becoming his best self. So yes. Today we're gonna be talking about infatuation, lust, and relationships in our pasts. Mm-hmm. So you, you made a post about this. I said this should be a topic that we should speak about. And so here we are. <laughs> yeah. Infatuation lust make the best blindfolds. And that mm-hmm. was what the post was about. And and if you haven't catched it, check out his uh, Instagram page. What's it, what's your Instagram? It's at Miles Wrights, M-Y-L-E-S-W-R-I-T-E-S. Yes. Okay. So go ahead. So in the post, I said infatuation and lust make the best blindfolds. And for me, it rang true because in my past relationship, I chose to be with her specifically because she was an 11 out of 10. She made my ego, it was a huge ego boost for me being with her. And it made me feel worthy and liked in the eyes of other people. And because that was my goal to be validated somehow, Mm -hmm. it blinded me to any red flags. Mm. And so I would justify some behaviors that we wouldn't otherwise tolerate because she was hot and I thought I couldn't do any better. So you saw that there was toxic behaviors, but because her physical shell was what you thought mm-hmm. um, was um, kind of like the, 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 the blinders for what the reality was that you were experiencing. Yeah. I, I feel like that happens a lot. It definitely does. Our society today is very, it's kind of training us that way, right? Mm -hmm. Because it says that unless you look this way, unless you act this way, unless you buy these products, you're not going to like yourself, you're not gonna be happy and other people aren't gonna like you. Yeah, you're not good enough and all that. You know what I was thinking? Like when I was in Cuba, there's no ads for anything, right? Because it's a communist country. And people in Cuba, they're so confident whether they're you know, big, small, skinny, tall, short, like they have, and they, they're, the way they are, it's just like from the soul, you know, like their light from within shines. They're not. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's really, it's really nice to um, experience that and see it. Um, And then you see how much, you know, advertisements and social media, like I couldn't imagine being a young girl in today's world of social media, you know, with, uh, you know, all these people, I mean, there's, there's like, um, there's, I feel like there's a, a body dysmorphia epidemic going on. Um, because not only do the people want to be with somebody that's good, but they feel like whoever is, um, popular or whatever, and what they're doing is the right thing to do. And then everyone's doing that. Mm-hmm. We're all trying to hit this societal benchmark for mm-hmm. beauty, for success. And so we're trying to get the best job, the best, the, the hottest girlfriend or boyfriend, the coolest looking car. We're trying to have the Based best. Based on best. popularity, right? Yeah. We're always trying to improve other people's opinions of us. Mm-hmm. And because we're trying, to, we're trying to find our worth outside of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so if we're going to find, and that's actually not even just our worth, that's our entire identity. Mm-hmm. So we continue acting in ways that get us the best opinions. Mm-hmm. So it makes us feel better. 
so we can feel validated. Correct. And and so Trill, like you, you you take see he takes women uh, pictures of women, um, and like what what has been your experience with you know like what mo like most men when they when they're like oh man you're so lucky you get to shoot all these women and you know like it's so cool so it's kind of like a it's um like what men feel like like you were saying about the ego boost mm -hmm. um and so they they want to experience you know like what you're doing like you get to capture these these women but what have you learned from outer beauty and inner beauty and when you're capturing um pictures well um i always usually have a talk with the models before beforehand right and um because i want to get to know them i want to know who they are mm -hmm. you know not just the outside physical but i want to know how they are inside because to me the way i work that will determine the factor if i'm going to work with you or not mm -hmm. you know because I have came on. See, shoots. that's why I, I I like him as a, a photographer and a friend because go ahead, keep on. You'll see he's <laughs> because um that is a determined factor if I'm going to work with you or not. Um, because I've been on shoots where, especially the girls that are kind of kind of high up there, um, they come off like the ego is is bad. Like sometimes those are my worst shoots. And people ask me, like you said, wow, man, how did you do that? How did you, you know, get to work with that one? And man, you're so lucky. And I'm like, dude, it ain't what it's, it ain't what you think it is. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, the beauty is there, all of that, but the the heart, the inside is seemed like is a shell, like mm -hmm. you said. It's like, and and a lot of them need that validation, mm -hmm. you know, like the whole Instagram thing. Mm -hmm. People get a high off of this stuff, and it's crazy. Like, we all was around before any of this. Mm -hmm. Like, what, MySpace? You yeah. Know? <laughs> well, before MySpace, what was it? Uh, just chat rooms on AOL? Yeah, yes. yeah oh my God. <laughs> yeah. That was a long time ago. You know, people don't that. even remember that what stuff. What was your AOL Instant Messenger screen name? Oh, man. Uh, I don't even remember mine. Hustler 82 or something like that. I, I, was, I was like, I was young, man. I was, it was crazy. But, nice. but you know, it, it's if you just look at the just the the way it was then all the way up to now. But see, now it's worse because now we got reality shows, mm -hmm. which is like I was talking to somebody else and they was asking me about love and hip hop, and I'm like, dude, I haven't watched that in years. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I never but, even watched and, that. And the whole, you know, the car. Dashian thing mm -hmm. and just so just celebrities, period. And people feel like they have to mimic that. Like nobody's posting their failures, man. Mm -hmm. Like don't believe everything you see online. Mm -hmm. that, that that's just for show. Cause like I said again, I've met girls who they put on a uh um how, how can I put it um a certain persona. Mm -hmm. mm. But some of these girls don't even have nowhere to live. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they don't have a cars you know how many girls i had to send an uber to mm -hmm. to pick them up and send them mm. back because they don't you know and um but yeah it's 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 um it's a weird dynamic with that you know but like i said i like to talk to them first get to know them and for the ones who do um tend to open up they have some really interesting stories mm, you know sure. about you know why they do what they do and why they want to be this and be that and then 
you know, I talk to them, and then some of them will start thinking like, wow, I really don't have to do that, you know, the constant surgeries, the, the just because they want to look a certain standard for society, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, you don't need, there's nothing wrong with you, mm-hmm. you know, well, I want to do this, and I want to do that, and, and I ask them, why, you know, sometimes they'll give me the typical answer, oh, I'm doing this for me, no, you're not, mm-hmm. no, you're not. You're doing it for him and her over mm. there. Isn't it funny how we lie to ourselves yeah. to justify our actions? Exactly. It's it's almost like a guy who buys a car and put rims on it. I can't I'm in the car. I can't see the rims. I'm driving. But everybody else sees it. So who right. are you getting it for? Mm-hmm. Yourself or for them? You see what right. I'm saying? Like, I don't know. It's Yeah. And that circles <laughs> back to our conversation about how we create our identities, this outward image of ourselves that we want other people to see. Mm-hmm. And we don't, like you said, D, like we're not showing our failures. Right. And so this is the mask that we wear that because we want other people to like us. Mm-hmm. We want to be accepted. Mm-hmm. And it's creating a disconnect and add social media into that. It can be the most connecting or disconnecting thing oh, on man. the planet. Yes. So now we're already disconnected from who we truly are and we're promoting this disconnected person all over social media. Yeah, and just because maybe someone in our outer looks beautiful to what society says is beautiful, um, they can be really ugly people inside. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and that's what you experience because, you know, everyone, and not that they're ugly, but that they're, they're, they're still stuck in their traumas and they're not doing anything to heal that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad you made that, that correction because... <laughs> I personally, and this is my belief, but I don't think that anyone is is ever really like ugly on the inside. They just haven't unlocked that that love inside mm-hmm. of them. Right. And yeah. They, right. And they they don't feel safe. Mm-hmm. And they're living in fear, and they're telling themselves what they need to hear in order to feel okay. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's quite it's quite a shame. I mean, and it's and it's nobody's fault actually. You know, like our society is is built this way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're like, if you're coming from a family who doesn't know how to love themselves and they try to raise someone else, yeah. like they're not going to teach you how to love yourself. I know. Right, right. And so you're not going to ever feel worthy if you're not coming from a place of worthiness in your own home. And, and uh, you know, I always say this, that they should have a course like that in school for kids, mm, for the kids that don't have that and probably have their parents participate because chances are they don't either. Mm-hmm. Like I grew up with my parents both. You know, I've said this before in the show. Um, you know, my dad doesn't have any self-love for himself, nor does my mother. So I was raised like that. Even though, like, my mom would do everything for everyone else and take the shirt off her back, she, at the end of at the, end of the day, felt depleted because she didn't know that she had to do it first to her and then for others. But she just wanted to be loved and accepted. Mm-hmm. And, you know... I feel like we continue the cycle until one person in the family decides that, you know, it's going to stop. And, you know, you have to be the one that decides to stop the cycle and, and, and change. And then, you know, then it's a long journey. <laughs> it definitely is. And I think that it's happening more and more frequently now for people. That are, um, that are like awake, stopping the cycle. Stopping, yeah, stopping the patterns, being conscious, more conscious and more aware of of the patterns, mm-hmm. you know, of epigenetics and what was learned and conditioned, right? Mm-hmm. 
And I think it, I mean, it's, it's the law of um, like, there's an equal and opposite, like every action has an equal and opposite reaction, mm-hmm. right? So the amount of, I guess for the lack of a better word, fakeness, mm-hmm. the lack of like masking who we truly are has grown so much since, you know, like technology, materialism, consumerism, all this stuff at our fingertips that we can just like have access to validation immediately, mm-hmm. right? We can swipe on our, on our dating apps and order up a hot slice of validation to our doorstep in under a minute if we want to, mm-hmm. if we're skilled enough, I guess, yeah. right? If our bio is, has the right combination of, of words and emojis to get somebody to, uh, to, to like you. But um, because of all this, it's spurring the rise of the, the counterpart, this balance, what, what else has to happen, and it's consciousness. Mm-hmm. It's people that are, are desiring change, and they're actively taking inspired action to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really beautiful the, if we want to con- compare it to a lotus flower, mm-hmm. the flower mm-hmm. that's budding out of the mud right now. Mm-hmm. And so there's, I mean, if you look on all these podcasts and all these um, like Gaia network, there's so much coming out of this. And here in LA, it's like the mecca of, of spirituality mm-hmm. that was birthed out of the 60s and 70s and the you know, the hippie movement and the, and the love, free love movement. Yeah. And there's just so much history here that people are flocking to the West for change, myself included. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was always called here because this was where I felt like my tribe was. Nice. See, it's funny because I, I grew up in New Jersey after we escaped Cuba. And um, I moved here in 2005. And, you know, people are like, you don't know nobody there. Like, you're all by yourself. <laughs> Like, what are you going to do? You know, like putting all their fear and their limitations on me. And, and I remember, I'm just like, you know, I just got to, I just got to go there. And it was interesting, you know, the first couple of years until I started to be like, okay, I need to do this spiritual journey because um, what I thought life was, um, you know, in, when in 2007, I was just like, I had everything what I thought I wanted, and mm. I realized it was so empty. Yes. And I was repeating same patterns in relationships and attracting the same type of people, and it was just, um, mm. I wasn't happy. Mm. And, and I started to ask the questions within myself, and then the, the journey began. What questions were they? <laughs> Like, you know, like, why are we here? You know, what, what is, what is life? Why did, like, when I, when I was a little kid, I was like, you know, when I'm going to be, when, when I was eight years old, I was like, I was signing my name, you know, I said I was going to be a famous model. I'm going to be an actress, singer. And then, you know, I was doing some acting, but I was like really known as a model and I got there and then I was just like, this is so empty mm. um, because for many reasons, um, there was, a, I guess, a lack of self-love within myself. So the whole world is telling me they love me. I have millions of people like, oh, my God. But I didn't love me, not mm. because um, there was, like, I wasn't, um, um Toxic in my, like, I didn't have self-hate, but I didn't have self-love, like, to the max that I have now, if that makes any sense. It makes total sense. Yeah. And 
and correct me if I'm wrong here, but like I've done the same thing in a different way, mm -hmm. right? Like I wanted, I wanted what I wanted, right? And I, but I wanted it because I wanted other people to like me. I wanted to feel good, but mm -hmm. I thought that to feel good, I needed other people to like me. Right. And so therefore, anytime that I accomplished anything I did and they liked me for it or whatever, I was doing it for the wrong reasons. I was never doing it for myself. Mm -hmm. And so until I started taking responsibility and accountability for how my life panned out and how I felt, then I started changing my motives. So was that kind of like a similar journey for you mm -hmm. where you realized you were doing it not for yourself? No, no, I was doing it for myself. Like, I mean, this is something I always wanted. I wasn't thinking of um, getting the validation for, I, when I'm saying about like self-love, meaning like having a bigger purpose than that. Um, you, like people are like, oh my God, you accomplished so much. But to me, I feel like I accomplished nothing right. yet right. because my aspirations and love that I have in my heart, um, I'm not doing all that I could do, right. should say. So would you you know, like, but, you know, taking the pictures, I love to take pictures because then that is a form of me creating, you know, mm -hmm. but never did I think about like, Oh, I got to do this for likes or, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, Trills, he's worked with me or D, he's worked with me. And, he, you know, it's never been for others like me taking my pictures. Right. I've always been pretty mm -hmm. much for me. But when I, when I talk about like self-love, meaning like for me, it was like relationships. Gotcha. Yeah. And but it, it's it stems from, you know, I guess seeing my parents even though like I thought their relationship was great. And, but when I started to know myself more is when I realized there was dysfunction in it. Mm. Then I, I realized my behaviors and where they stem from and then doing something to heal that part of me. That's, that's beautiful. And how long has it been so far since you started this journey? Since 2007. 2007, so 12 years. Yeah. Has it been 12 years already? Holy cow. Yeah, it's 12. <laughs> you know, and I, I, um, you know, I took a step back. I, I stopped doing everything. You know, I could have kept popular, but again, I would have um, sold my soul, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and for what? Right. You so, want to do something fulfilling and meaningful. Yeah. Like that was what your soul was yearning for. Yeah. And so, like, they made me uh, feel like I was just an object. You know, mm. just um, just something beautiful and like there was no substance or anything. Be right. So the whole journey is getting in tune my with myself and creating that substance. Mm -hmm. So that's that's like my journey stuff. Yeah, we um, I hear something. Yeah, I, do. I don't know what it is. And it's like some kind of. Yeah, I heard buzz. it. Yeah. yeah, buzz. Um, the no. spirits <laughs> they're with us they're communicating but no like uh, I was finna uh, piggyback on what you said uh, it's like we we know we have a higher purpose here mm -hmm. you know like I, I love what I do you know and um, I was talking to a few other people photographers that I'm good with and uh, and you you know on Instagram I'm, I'm super outspoken mm -hmm. like I speak my mind especially when it is within this industry and it and it it, evol it involves me as well, so I'm gonna speak about it. Mm -hmm. I say what other people are, are afraid to say, yeah, because I don't care because I'm the universe got my back. I'm not tripping about that. <laughs> but like you said, it, it it has to be a bigger purpose. Like 
I don't just want to take pictures. Like, you know what I'm doing. I'm putting a book together. I'm trying mm -hmm. to do a book. I'm trying to travel the world. I'm trying to do a gallery soon. Like, mm -hmm. that's where I'm at with it. Like, and a lot of people be like, they, it, it's funny because I used to look up to people and get inspired. Now it's like people are hitting me up for the, what I used to do, mm -hmm. you know, asking me stuff. And I tell them, man, you just have to have a bigger purpose of what you want to do. Like, why are you doing this in the first place? What made you want to do it in the first, first place? Why? Because you get to see hot women or whatever, you know, but. I know, which been, is like creepy. It then has to be you don't, exactly. It, it, it's weird to me. Like even yeah. to me, it's weird. Like, like I don't shoot with that many people because some people are weird. You don't shoot with nobody. <laughs> I don't shoot with nobody, and it took me a long time to shoot with you, right? Mm -hmm. I would be like, yeah, I want to shoot with you, and then and I, I would cancel. <laughs> and but it takes for me um, when I shoot. Like I don't, I don't know. It's weird. It comes from a, a, a different place, mm -hmm. and then this is what happened to me and part of the self-love is the way uh people were projecting like they're putting me into a certain class of mm -hmm. like woman that i am mm -hmm. and for me i felt my hurt by it right you know because and i listened and then i said well if they're saying this what do i have to do to to look within myself to see where there is things that i need to change right and that's how mm kind of went on the journey. Gotcha, okay. Yeah. So like for me, when I say like self-love, it wasn't like I was, because the, the, what happened to me with FHM was the same thing that happened to me in my town. And that's why people are like, oh my God, you're still the same person. Like I don't, I don't act like I'm better than anyone or like, you know, any of mm -hmm. the stuff. Like I, I really don't like talking about it. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was popular growing up, you know, I, to me, the most beautiful thing, like if somebody tells me, oh my God, you, because of you, you changed my life. Like I, you know, I was feeling in a dark place and you wrote something or something and I changed their life. I love that more than a guy saying like, oh, you're hot, you know, like, I'm like, yeah. okay, I've yeah, heard that my whole right. life, you know, like <laughs> that doesn't do nothing for my spirit. And so like, I I say like people ask me now like how how are you 45 and you're like taking these pictures and you still look like you're young and stuff and I and I feel like it comes from within I mean that's the only thing that I can think of you know um, I think working on the inside mm -hmm. then you radiate your own beauty from within right yeah see. I really love how Jim Carrey says it, and um, how did he say it? He said, "I really hope everyone oh, yeah. gets the opportunity to make mm -hmm. a lot of money because oh, be no rich and famous, rich right. and famous, because then they'll realize that that's not that, the that's, way to happen. That's, that's not it, exactly. And yeah. I think I would love to have him on our show. Yeah, Let's make that happen. Hey Jim, come on the show next time, Jim right? Jim Carrey. If anybody knows Jim that's listening to this, <laughs> I just really think that the societal benchmark for fulfillment is pussy money weed mm -hmm. like yeah. that's what people are striving for these days and you can see that we're constantly barraged with all this like bullshit manipulation media well, to keep us in this cycle yeah so music is very is the most powerful energy i think in this world and then they use the the music with low vibrational mm -hmm. frequencies you know at 440 which is in disharmony with us mm -hmm. and then they're 
their words are their mantra and they're talking about you know material things you know fucking this one and that one you know so they're programming you Mm -hmm. and then you see the music videos and they're showing this and all guys are like yeah i want to be like that you know and then the women are like oh i want a guy like that you know and and they're saying uh, and guys are only looking for the women like like that yeah and women Which, are starting to think like, oh, yep. I'm worthy if a man likes me. And the men that I have to accept are these guys up here, you know, exactly. throwing dollar bills down my shirt. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's creating this, this whole paradigm around where we find our worth. Mm-hmm. Where are we deriving our self-worth from? And so I think deep down, once you get there, mm-hmm. you, like you did, mm-hmm. you understand that there's something else. Mm-hmm. Like, what is it that's, what else is there? Like, what is going to fulfill me? And you start looking for something. And usually that's when start, people start to turn to spirituality because mm-hmm. that spirit and that love and that energy and that light is something that you can really feel. It's like, as intangible as it is, it's super tangible. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's like, okay, so it's like your car, your, your, your body is a, is a car and then the ego hijacked the car and has been driving this whole time. <laughs> and the, the spirit is just sitting there just waiting to have its opportunity. Yeah, spirit's in the baby seat in the back seat. Yeah, it's just <laughs> like, come on, come on, you know, and just waiting to uh, take over and, then and it, drive. <laughs> and then it blinds you with the, uh, in the rear view and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. And then finally you get slapped with the spirit and spirit's like, yo, you learned your lesson yet? Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel that. I feel that. I feel like, you know, even like in relationships, right? So like after you had that relationship that you were, um, that was a toxic and -hmm. you started to heal yourself, then did you have the relationships that you had after, were they healthy ones? I haven't had any relationships after. Really? How long has it been? It's been a year and a half. Nice. So right now you're focused on like really diving deep and... So the honest answer mm-hmm. is that I'm scared. <laughs> Don't I'm, feel bad, bro. I, I'm the same way. I haven't, last relationship was in 2017 of mm-hmm. August. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so, yeah. But you know what's so funny, though, is that. And you learned a lot on that one. I learned a lot, you know. Just off. I mean, that, I learned but I feel like that since then you've grown so no, much. No, I was I was about to I was okay, about to say ahead. that from that time period, mm-hmm. from 2017 of August when uh, men the girl broke up, it's like, and I tell people it's like, man, I had like a spiritual overdrive. I'm like something happened to mm-hmm. me. And from the, and then not only with that connecting with you because mm-hmm. I give so much props to her like I knew a lot of stuff but for some reason she enhanced so much other stuff that I thought I knew but she made me to like dive dive deeper in a lot of stuff I like dive about way it. deeper into a lot of stuff and ever since then I was like man I have grown so much within the the spiritual realm mm-hmm. and just growing more in spirituality and emotional and learning to be vulnerable but not in in a way of super weakness because being vulnerable is not being weak it's no the opposite it's great and, but not uh, being dependent and not being dependent exactly and just man it, it, it's just been a lot it's, it's really been a lot and i like i said i owe a lot to her 
and just focusing on myself because for some reason that relationship kind of was an eye opener. Oh hell yeah! To me, because here I am. <laughs> she was a model also, and here I am. Like, oh man, I finally found someone who understands what I'm doing. Yada yada yada, and was I wrong? Like, <laughs> like literally, like wow, like I didn't think it was gonna be like that. You know, mm. I'm like, I got this beautiful hot girl, and you know, this and that, and you know, I'm like, wow. Come to find out, it was the opposite of everything that I did want. You know, it, it wasn't. It, I thought I thought it was what I wanted. Can you give us some examples? Um, okay. I'm not a jealous person at all. Far from that. Like, if I'm with you, I'm your biggest cheerleader, especially with something like that. So I was proud of everything, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. But when it came to me, totally opposite. She was controlling or possessive or what? Very. Yeah. She didn't like it. Even though we did the same thing, she didn't like it. What, when they came to me, mm. never cheated, never gave a reason to to be, you know, I'm none of that stuff. I mean, I'm with you, dude. Like my ex girlfriend turned, <laughs> in, decided to become an exotic dancer, but had a problem with me looking at other women. That's what I'm saying. It's like it didn't make sense to me. Like, yeah, I, I do artistic nude stuff. She did it what did it as well, but I I loved it. You like, encouraged I, I loved her. I love the work because I looked at it as you're creating something. But for me. Who are you working with? Mm. Why you got to shoot with her? What? Right. Like, I, I'm not, I don't question, you know, it's like, it, it was weird. And she didn't like, she didn't like it. She didn't like me. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think is the biggest lesson you learned after this relationship? Whether it's like a relationship lesson or a spiritual lesson? I can say probably the biggest lesson probably was really getting to know someone. Really getting to know that person. Because... You know, I felt that I knew that person, but I really didn't know that person. Mm. Like, I thought I did, you know. And and vice versa with me. Like I said, even with me, I wasn't as open as, as a lot of us men are. Like, we shield a lot of our emotions. And I had to learn to kind of start being more open about stuff. Like, we'll have conversations and talking and stuff. And I kind of would, like, not... I would be on the fence about stuff and not wanting to really open up so much about it as mm -hmm. well. And I had, to, I had to learn how to like, okay, then I have to be more open as well. Cause I don't want to just blame everything on her. Cause it was a lot my fault totally. too. A lot of it was my fault. And I bet you didn't just have to be open and communicate, but you actually had to learn how to process your own emotions exactly. in order to communicate that. Like I, like I used to, like one thing I used to tell her is that you had to be patient with me. Just, just be patient with me. It's not like that I don't want to tell you these things, but when I tell you these things, you get upset with me mm. and, and talk. And I'm like, well, that's why I don't like to tell you nothing because you get mad at me. Yeah. But she, like I said, but it was her issues too. Like like with you, she had her abandonment issues, mm -hmm. even, like, even though her dad was still in the home and everything as well. But he was at home, but he wasn't at home. Yeah, you know the saying? same thing with my father. So, you know, it, it was just a lot of that. But it, it definitely was an eye-opening learning experience. And I'm, I'm kind of glad I went through that and got to this point because, man. You've grown ooh. so much. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you guys both, since you guys, you know, were dating women. Um, and, you know, on a physical level, you were really attracted. And most men would be like, oh, man, mm -hmm. so lucky to be in your shoes. Right. Um, when was the first time that you saw the red flags 
And what was the thought process that you had to, um, you know, the thought comes into your mind, right? So to kind of like just um, put the blinders on that and just keep moving. Mm. Like how quick into the relationship? So for me, it was like maybe a month in. Mm. And she confronted me about looking through my phone. And... She looked through your phone? Yeah, she looked at my through my phone uh-huh. over the, like the last night. And then the next morning, she was like, hey, I've, I found some stuff in your phone. <gasps> and I was shocked. I was like, well, first of all, like, that's insane. Invasion of privacy. Right. Um, it's only been a month into this relationship, and you're already looking through my phone. And that's not healthy. That was the first red flag. But I decided, okay, you know what? Maybe I can give her a chance. Um, she saw a message that I had sent to my ex-girlfriend. And my ex-girlfriend was a... And granted, there is some, like, yeah, she... It was kind of fucked up on my part. Yeah. Right? And so I started taking responsibility for this, which was I sent a meme to my ex-girlfriend who worked in a pharmacy. And it was a meme about, like, buying condoms at the pharmacist. Uh-huh. With the pharmacist. <laughs> and... I thought it was hilarious. And like, I didn't have any feelings for my ex at the time, but I sent her this thing. I was like, hey, this is funny, right? Uh huh. So, but to a girl who's dating me, who's dating you, in her mind, she's thinking like you're thinking about her because you saw this. And the first thing that made you think about was her and to send her a text message. Right. Just to her defense. Absolutely. <laughs> right, right. Like, it's, it was wrong that I did that. So is that why then you were like, okay, let me not bother with the, that little red flag right there and, and there because you're like, oh, it's partially my fault. Well, that was one of the reasons. But the other reason was that like the whole night before we were like fucking like rabbits in every position in the house. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was just like physically like everything I had ever wanted. And I wasn't ready to give that up. Hmm. How about you, D? Uh, let me see, the, probably the first red flag. Um, I would probably have to say my very first red flag, like, that made me was like, wow, okay, I might need to kind of have, like, a talk with her about some stuff. Was It, it was similar to what you went through, uh, Miles, with the phone situation. Mm. Like, we, we had little little things, but I think that was, like, the number one. Um, we was in Seattle, we was visiting Seattle. And you know, Seattle, it just rains. It's yeah. Just rain. And um, we was at a restaurant. And, I'm, and I don't know. We was just there. And she was like, let me see your phone. What? And I'm like. <laughs> at least just straight up. So I know. Yeah. That's ballsy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm like. No prisoner. Wait, how long were you dating at this time? We was together. Um, let me see. We got together in November. Um, so, yeah, probably like three months, maybe two or three months, something around that time. But we uh, we was there, and she said, "Let me see your phone." And I'm like, "Huh? Why? For what? Why? It's not. Well, it's nothing well, in there." What was your initial thought as she asked this to you? Not like what was your reaction to her, but what was your reaction inside your head? Why did she want to? Why did she want to see my phone? <laughs> did <laughs> you a, Did you think you had anything to hide at that point? I, I didn't have anything to hide. That's the point. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well. I'm telling her, like, why do you want to see my phone? And, you know, I gave her the phone, and she tried to, I'm like, it's a password to it. 
You know, I'm not gave her the phone. I was like, give me my phone back. I'm like, that that's crazy. I don't ask you to, for your phone. Like either you trust me or you don't. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't. You don't see me doing these things to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I I just I just didn't get that. And then it seemed like from there, um, it was almost like a snowball effect. Mm-hmm. Wait, let's back up just a little bit though. Did she find anything in your phone? No, she or was didn't. it just the altercation? It was or... just the altercation. Like, well, you, she didn't get to see it. No, right? she didn't. I'm, I was like, I'm not. He had a password. Yeah, I'm not getting. And then even if she, I, it just the point. I just felt like, why? So I had a principle, you know? right? Yeah, like it's, you yeah just, exactly. Exactly. You wanted like, her to trust you, right? right? Exactly. So that's a lesson that I would like to actually learn your guys' opinions. Is if your significant other asks you for your phone, do you give it to them? No. Nah. You don't have to. It's, that's your phone. That's your that's your privacy. This is true. However, it causes problems in the relationship. Right. So you can. There's two different perspectives, right? You mm-hmm. give them the phone, and you try to build trust that way, and say, "Hey, look, you have not, I have nothing I, to hide, mm-hmm. right? Just don't disrespect me. You right. know my trust again. Right. You know, I just want to show you that I have nothing to hide from you. Or you can go the other way and not give the phone, and now she thinks you're hiding something because you did it. Mm-hmm. But who, even who, though it's your principle, but right. you're like, you want to stand up for yourself. Right, right. But that, you know, does that have anything to do with us, though? I mean, as far as like, shouldn't, shouldn't they just, shouldn't they trust you anyway? Like, why do I need to give you my phone? What's the phone? You mean to tell me, so you mean to tell me, you see my phone, that still doesn't mean I'm not cheating on you. Let's, mm-hmm. let's talk from a perspective <laughs> of saying? like, of love, right? Right. If we want to help our partner and love them in the best way that we can, do you think that we should try to help them oh, with yeah. their insecurity. Oh, yeah. I've, I've, I, but I don't think giving the phone over is helping them. I think it's just building a monster. Yeah, it is. Actually, it is, it is actually building a monster. Think about it. Because but I feel, like, I feel like if you have a open, honest communication mm-hmm. about why that person, mm-hmm. to see, to get to the bottom of, you know, like whether they have like abandonment issues, like some type of, there's some deep rooted mm-hmm. issues. Instead of being on the offense to be like, oh, you know, like why you want to see, or to even give them the phone, like here, I got mm-hmm. nothing to hide. But then it's kind of like a like a, a drug addict, right? Mm-hmm. And you give them drug, you're enabling them. Yeah. And you're building the monster because you're not. It's almost like you go to the doctor, you have a problem, they give you a medicine pill here. And it doesn't take, it doesn't go to the root of the problem. It just puts a bandaid. So it's a temporary bandaid on the relationship mm. instead of getting to the root of the problem. Because see, at that time, we want a relationship so bad, right? That we're willing to sacrifice our own happiness for that relationship, right? In order for it to, ha- to, to you know, continue. Because we're afraid, we're afraid of it um, ending if we speak up and speaking our truth yep because most people are afraid to be alone unless you work on not being you know of being alone we take it upon enough. ourselves like there's something wrong with us if mm-hmm. the, that relationship ends correct right? um and i think also um a lot uh, as far as like with me and her that a lot of it had to do with her past relationships as well because mm-hmm. um you know you know you talk about past relationships and you know she used to tell me things about how you know guys used to take advantage of her you know and you know she'll travel and you know spend money on these you know these dudes and whatever and 
you know, some of them become accustomed to that. But when she, you know, when one finds that someone is different, they kind of don't know how to take that. You know, like, wow, he's different. He's not like, you know, these other dudes over here. Like, and a lot of them don't know how to deal with that. Yeah. So then know? they start. So a lot acting of them up. sabotage their own relationship. That's true. Because they don't know how to deal with something they're not accustomed to. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't. I was like, mm. she told me a situation. She bought this guy a two, three hundred dollar belt. Mm-hmm. I'm like, she wanted for my. She wanted to do something for my birthday. I'm like, no, you know what we can do? Let's go to Florida. We can take that and do something else with that if if that's what you want to do. You know, I'm not that person. And a lot of women, I'm not gonna lie, a lot of them not not used to that. You know, a guy being the opposite of what they're used to. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, it's 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 strange. Even with guys, you know. Mm, yeah. It, you know, we we can we can be like that too. Do you think you it know? was like a, some sort of manipulation tactic in a way to get that, like, to make herself feel secure and to get the other person to think that she is valuable and like irreplaceable? I didn't I didn't get that that from her. Um, so she was just trying to be nice and give a gift. She well. I, I guess I guess you can say that, but then I I think that was one of the re, one of the ways she showed her love was by doing that. Like, oh, okay. if I buy this person something, they'll love me more. Type of deal. That's how mm, I. The more expensive well, the gift, the that's better. That's how I was seeing it. You know. I think I think you know. There's the five languages, right, of mm-hmm. love, and everyone equates love differently, right? Because mm-hmm. everyone, yeah. if you, if you, I think that's the first conversation people should have in a relationship. Like, mm-hmm. what is what are their, um, what they think love is, right? I think it's communication and thought. And I think that we attract, no, I know that we attract people to teach us lessons. And mm-hmm. as you're learning the lessons, you're giving them also a, a lesson for them. Totally. It's, 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 a, it's an even um, exchange. Yeah, it's a mirror. Whether we want to see it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, Part of, and I think that once you you learned you learn all your the lessons, then you can attract, if you want, the right counterpart. Absolutely, I definitely agree with you. That was beautifully put. We attract what we are what we need in order to evolve. Mm-hmm. And as long as we can see the lesson in everything, we can see how we're being mirrored. Yeah, because like for me, I used to um, attract men that were insecure because their insecurity will then trigger my abandonment issues. Mm. And it was a pattern, same pattern, same pattern, same pattern, different faces. Or would, could we go back even further? Like yes. your dad was or is a, um, you know, a personality, like, person, like a strong personality type, yes. right? Um, he was super strict. <laughs> Growing up, and um, he was, um, yeah, very like machista, Cuban, mm-hmm. you know, the women, you know, <laughs> your place, you're yeah. like, you're supposed to be Machissimo. their servant, you know, like. Mm. And so, do you think you chose people that were the opposite of that because it was like a way of rebelling? Or, I mean, I'm not trying to project, but I'm just trying to get, you know. Um. No, I think I, I attracted same kind of person. Weak same. men we that were insecure, proje- same uh, as my projecting, father. Projecting a different image, the complete overcompensated yeah. version of that yeah. into some like 
great like great strength, but it was masking that deep insecurity. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Fascinating. So what kind of women were you attracted to, D? Or are attracted to? Were or are? Um, um let me see. Well, um, I think after this it changed for you, right? That um, experience, you think? It, it well, it, it did to a degree. Um, I can probably say as far as attraction, because I'm a I'm a nerd, man. I'm not gonna lie. Me too. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a nerd like i watch tons of documentaries i'm always sending her yeah. animal like animal planet stuff <laughs> okay you know so I'm, I'm attracted to that like i i'm in barnes and nobles a lot you know i'm like this my favorite is, places I'm like this is my friday <laughs> while everybody else is doing whatever because I, I didn't grow from that you know a lot of stuff i didn't grow and this all i think with that is it's all about growth yeah you know i've i've met a lot of women and i'm like no. So you're you're on the growth journey now, right? <laughs> yeah. But let's talk about the before and after, mm-hmm. right? Before the catalyst to your growth, what kind of women were you attracted to then, and what kind of women are you attracted to now? Well, I've always. Are you in a relationship? No, I'm not. Okay. I'm not. Um, I've always been attracted to um, smart women. Mm-hmm. You know, women who have character. You know, good character. Um, what else? Um, of course, you know. Nice looking, you know, <laughs> you know, of course, but I, I don't I don't put so much emphasis into that because, like I said, I've been around women who were drop dead gorgeous, but had a soul of the devil, mm. you know, eyes black. Wow. OK, you know, well, but, damn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, evil. Shit. <laughs> but um, no, it's always been women who are like who have an identity about themselves, who are individual women who don't follow the norm of society. Mm. Like, you be your own person. You don't have to be like them. You don't have to be like that person. Be who you are. You be know, the best, be the best of person of yourself. You know, um, individuality, you know, doing what you feel that makes you happy. Not what makes your family happy, not what makes your friends happy, but what makes you happy. And I've had that talk with uh, quite a few women, and a lot of them be really surprised because they don't even know. They don't even know what they want. Mm-hmm. You know, or, or 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 how to do it, you mm-hmm. know, because they're so used to following the norms of what society has offered. And they don't really know themselves. They don't even really know themselves. And then we'll, you know, and I, they don't love themselves. So how then can you expect someone to love you? That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. But no, it's it's mostly been women like that. Um, but even with even with those type of women, it still takes that level of getting to know that person more so just on the outside surface, you know, having those uncomfortable conversations. You know, I had to learn to have uncomfortable conversations, but once I started having those conversations, they started to not be so uncomfortable anymore because I was started to learn and being opened up more. And I'm like, okay, I, I, sh- I can talk about certain stuff now. Like, there used to be times where there's things in my life where I wouldn't even dare talk about. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? When you're around people who are really genuine and really understand... You don't mind talking about certain things in your life, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, there's this uncomfortable question that's getting passed around recently. And it's like, it's a first date question, right? Are these mm-hmm. kinds of uncomfortable stuff that you're talking about? Asking them, like, how aware are you of your traumas oh, and yeah. suppressed emotions? <laughs> right. And tell them about how you are actively working to heal them before you try I, to project I, that shit on them. That should right. be the first I've question. That, yep. that actually should be put on a shirt and then you just wear no, it's, it. it's the truth, And you'll be though. like, Ugh. It's the truth. It's, it's so true, man. It's, yeah, it is true because no matter how 
much work you've done if you meet someone that hasn't done the work. Oh, yeah. Um, and no matter how patient you can be, if that person hasn't done the work, then it's going to just drag you down. And then right. all the work that you've done, it, you know, it just... Right. You're now longer together. Yeah. <laughs> and so, it's I've, all about, and I'm sorry, Miles, it's, yeah. it's all about, um, like, what she was saying. It's all about the energy. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, it's been times I've been around women and I'm like, okay, I, you know, I, you know, let's go get something to eat or whatever. We meet up somewhere and you can just learn by just letting the person talk. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, okay, oh, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. yeah, she's beautiful, but her mind is like, Nah, I'm good. You know, like I can't do that one. You know. <laughs> yeah. D, what would you say makes a relationship work? Oh man, it's it's some factors to that. Um, I will have to say, honesty is probably number one, mm -hmm. and being honest with each other, and being honest with yourself Boom. to that person as well. Yep. You know, I think that's number one. And then you know everything else, communication, and all everything else. But honesty is definitely number one. Mm -hmm. you know. And friendship, I think, is important. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, having an honest friendship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know. conversation. See, um, Miles kind of has an interesting thing about dating now, right? Remember yeah. you were telling me before? Yeah, yeah. So dating to me is like this manufactured filtering process where you mm -hmm. basically are judging whether or not someone's worthy of you. Oh, yeah. And it's some, like it's so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like and when you're on a date, you're like, oh, what do you do? That question should never come up on a first date. Never. I think that's something that should be asked along the line. Like, oh, what do you do? Because I remember when Matt, he posted it on his page one time. Only time that, you know, somebody asks you what you do, they're only trying to put you in a category of if you're worthy of being you know, mm. in their life or not. Yeah. Okay, I'm a janitor. Oh, okay, cool. Well, you don't hear from that person no more. Yeah. But mm. they don't know I'm a janitor who owns my janitorial business. Yeah. You know, if that, if you put it out like that. Yeah. So, so that would be like a good tactic to like not go through with, um, you know, not letting other people put you in a box or, mm -hmm. or validate themselves or like find you, like, you know, put you on a pedestal depending on your occupation, right? Okay. Um. But to be friends with somebody beforehand, before being in a relationship, because this is, this is my whole thing now, and I've gone to, you know, on a couple of dates, and I didn't really feel like I was a safe place to call home to somebody else, which right. is why I cut those things off early. But that being said, it's just so much more comfortable, and you're able to really connect with somebody on a much deeper level, especially... And you have, there has to be some level of knowing yourself deeply in order to get to know somebody else. But the, the dynamic between friends getting to know each other versus in a box of, like, I'm, I'm going to be judging you whether, see if you're worthy of me kind of thing, mm -hmm. it's just, it takes the pressure off completely. Mm -hmm. And so now you can be friends with somebody, and then if you really like them at some point, you can be like, look, you know, um, I want to take you on a date now. I really like you. Right. You know, are you, are you open to that or you want to keep it friends? And if you think about it, as you get into a relationship when you're older, you know, let's just say you're uh, two years in, if you don't have that friendship foundation beforehand, mm -hmm. like being a friend means that you accept somebody as they are. Right. Exactly. Right. And too many times we try to get into relationships to fill a void that we're not even filling ourselves. Right. And then 
we'll find ourselves a year, two years, five years into this relationship and we don't even have a foundation yet. It was all just something that we needed, mm -hmm. that we felt like we needed because we were feeling lacking. Right. And so I think the whole friendship dynamic in the beginning is such an excellent way to really get to know somebody and accept them as they are. Correct. I agree. I agree. I think that's, that's a better route to go on than, you know, than, than not. So, um, I think, I, I think I, I agree with that philosophy because sometimes when people start, um, to date or whatever, then there's like a sense of like ownership mm. and there's no, there's no freedom in that. Like you feel like you can't do things Yeah, yeah. You, and you without know. that person. Well, you know, what's funny with that? Cause I, I talk about this a lot too with a friend of mine. Um, I've, I'm one, and I've always, even even beforehand, I've always been like that. Like, I, will, I want you to still be who you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it may be a few things that you do different because you're in a relationship, but don't stop doing who you are. Right, like, that's if, why I like you in the first place. That's why I like you. Like, yeah. if you like to paint, go paint. I don't want to stop you from being who you are. Like, mm -hmm. continue to do your thing. Continue to paint. Continue to, you know, build who you are and grow. If anything, I'm just going, I want to add to it, mm -hmm. you know, and make it better and vice versa. But yeah, I, I really definitely feel that when you're in a relationship, you should always stay who you are. Like, mm -hmm. Don't change because you're in a relationship. You know how many people yeah. do that? Yeah, I, and then I they're unhappy. Went I went through it. I know. Remember I've I was telling right, you about yeah. it? Like, yeah, I went through it with, with, oh. with, with my ex, changing things. And people was like, man, why do you why think you did that? Trying to please somebody. And why do you think you tried to please somebody? Probably because I was lacking something in my life. That's the only thing I can think of. You know? mm -hmm. So so he wanted that relationship to validate something within himself. Right, or, right. or perhaps you just, you didn't want it to end. You didn't and, feel and, like being yourself right. was enough to keep the relationship. Exactly, yeah. And so you had to act and cater to her mm -hmm. in order to feel worthy and safe and secure in right. that relationship. Right. Right, right, exactly. Like I didn't want to uh, basically lose a relationship or make anything bad within a relationship. So just let me go and cater to her and make sure she's happy while I'm sitting over here miserable as hell. You yeah, know? So <laughs> and you know what? And you will never be able to make her happy, no, no matter how many things you give up of yourself. Exactly. And that's the whole point exactly. of a relationship. If exactly. you keep giving up yourself to make that other person happy, that person will find another thing right. of, of, you know, why you should keep changing. And, and then, right. then, then you have two people that are not happy, yep. you know, because mm -hmm. that person's unhappy and then makes you unhappy. Exactly. You can't that make is, that person happy. That's an excellent point. Yeah. Because really what makes you happy is your own awareness of okay of what it is that's making you happy, right? Mm -hmm. If you say that my partner is making me happy, mm -hmm. then you're also placing your happiness outside of yourself. Right, mm -hmm. you're putting it in someone else's hands. Right, and yeah. so that's the same thing. Like you're saying I love my partner when mm -hmm. because they make me the best version of myself or right. whatever, but you're also making, you're placing that responsibility in someone else's hands exactly. too. And Which so- Which is not cool. Right, and so it's a conditional form of love. Yeah. yeah. It's a conditional form of your own happiness. Yeah. I know. Yeah, it, it was it's something, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> but like you said, you know, once you, um, you know, learn more about who you are as a person, you kind of start to, 
look at other people in situations a little different. You know, you mm -hmm. start to go in situations more cautiously than before. And I, and I also feel like that may be where you're at right now. Like after your past relationship, you've grown. The people oh, yeah. that you're working with, you choose to work with them because you see the depth in there, and you right. see that that's an out like a also a way to enliven the mm -hmm. creativity around right. what, what you're shooting. Exactly. Yeah. Because that's that's all. Like I tell Vita, like I don't care about the whole metrics of Instagram, the likes, the follow. I don't care about that. Mm -hmm. I just want to create something dope with dope people. That's it. Mm -hmm. I want something that I can create and someone puts it on their wall. Yeah. That's all I want to do. He just you wants know? to create yeah, that's art. That's it. That's it. You know? That will bring feelings. I feel like social media shouldn't be, um, it shouldn't have followers or how many people you're following, how many people are following you or right. likes. Right. And there should be a petition signed. I well, think it would make the world a little bit better. Well, they're supposed to be getting rid of the like thing. Well, yeah, that's what they They've said. done it in a few other countries, I guess, testing it out and things like that. But who knows, though? I mean, I know. I don't know. It's yeah, I don't have the solution either. Well, I think that's part of it. And, <laughs> and we're, the solution is we're running out of time. So if you <laughs> want to wrap this show up, um, what have we learned? What advice anyone that's listening that's going through this right now? Anything you want to say? Any last words? Self-love, baby. Self-love, self-awareness. Mm -hmm. uh, love, love yourself. Self-love. <laughs> love yourself. I got that tattoo on here. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, I hope you enjoyed today's show. Uh, make sure to check us out every Tuesday at 3 p.m., 11 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Saturdays at 9 a.m., and Sundays at 4 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And if you have any show ideas or topics, make sure to visit our Instagram page at Heaven with Vita. And Miles, you want to say anything? Yeah. So if you want to see some of Donovan's work, you can find him at Trill Imagery. That's T-R-I-L-L -L underscore I-M-A-G-E-R-Y. Excellent. And if you guys missed the episode, you can go view them at anchor.fm slash Heaven with Vita, and you can also see us on Spotify. Yes. Heaven with Vita. So I know we, we heard that uh, people can't miss, can't um, get to the times that we have, so now we have another solution for you so you can hear past shows. Mm -hmm. So thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Love Peace. you guys. Bye. <laughs>